Ahoy, Guild members! As you navigate your way through the summer seas, we hope you have a few moments to run that ship aground and take in some connections on our summer pop culture playground. This time, we're anchored in the world of gentleman pirate Steed Bonnet and the wacky and wonderful pirate crews that sailed into our world in HBO's series, Our Flag Means Death. Can we at the GLG connect the worlds of educators and buccaneers? You betcha booty. Happy summer and welcome to the Grounded Learners Guild Summer Pop Culture Playground. We do this to try to keep our listenership connected and continue making content to both entertain and help people think about learning and education. But we do this in a way where it's fun and anchored in the world of pop culture and binge-worthy, fun, funny things. And to do that, we play a game called Six Degrees of Education, where we take a TV show, a movie, or music and unpack some of the elements of that pop culture thing and make connections to education, leadership, and teaming. As usual, we've got our norms. The 20-minute mark is where we're aiming for. We've been doing all right, but I think we've got this one in the bag, right, guys? And our second norm is that spoilers not only may follow, but will follow, especially for me. I have only watched the pilot for this show, and so I'm just jumping all in and just knowing that there's going to be some spoilers. But from the pilot, I have found I am a new convert and willing to watch the rest of this. As you listeners, possibly you haven't watched it yourself, but join us. Yeah, seriously, this show is delightful. Hopefully Jenny and anybody else who hasn't watched Our Flag Means Death yet get a chance to take a look at it. It's on HBO. But Casey, you want to give the folks a breakdown? Yes. So Our Flag Means Death is a period pirate-based romantic comedy (laughs) set during the golden age of piracy and centers around a gentleman termed pirate, a.k.a. the gentleman pirate, Steed Bonnet, who I just recently learned was an actual historical pirate. And and his crew aboard the pirate ship, the Revenge, trying to make it on their own as pirates. And they run into, and Jenny, you have not gotten to hear yet, the pirate Captain Blackbeard. So infamous pirate who in the show is played by one of my favorite subculture slash mainstream actor slash directors Taika Waititi you may know of him as the director of the Thor Ragnarok movies and also what we do in the shadows another great classic series that we will be talking about here I hope so and before we jump into our connections, we've got to put some context to where we are. If you've been listening to these episodes in sequential order, you've already heard this. If not, and you're kind of jumping right in, we are finding ourselves in new studios for the first time. We're usually recording from home in our own respective houses. However, we're all on site together in downtown Grand Rapids, Michigan, out of our home base of Chicagoland area. And we are doing this as a podcast retreat just to get ourselves a bunch of content and spend some time time away together as a guild and in addition to that Casey what do you got going on of course the timeliness of this is just we gotta tell our listeners the universe hates me so at some point (laughs) I contracted some sort of respiratory viral bronchitis thing so once again I apologize 
for all of you having to listen to Frog Lady episode <laughs> three. So thank you so much for joining. And I apologize for the sound. Uh, the schedule tells us when we can and will yep, record. And we are so hoping we that are. the content will make up for any difficulties in vocal quality. Poor Casey. But let's mm-hmm. rock and roll. Okay, so we've just got a couple of different pieces or characters of our flag means death that we're going to try to connect to the world of education here. So let's get rolling. The first one is actually a quote, and the quote is, we talk it through as a crew. What are connections yes. right there? So just context, this happens in the very first episode. So Jenny, you saw this in yep. your initial preview. To me, it's like, perfect quintessential leadership, right? Like you want to get a sense for where your stakeholders are at. However, in the context of this show, being that pirates are known for being absolutely ruthless and cutthroat <laughs> and treasure hunting and pillage, like it's so funny, a fish out of water character to hear them talk about what do we do? We talk it through as a crew. <laughs> the, the mantra. Yes. Yeah, I really look at Steed's management style as being really positive. Obviously, it's fish out of water in the sense that there's a little bit of growing pains. I talked about that in one of our previous minisodes about the fact that new leadership sometimes can be a little awkward or take some growing into at first. But I do think that the way he considers the opinions of his crew and gives everyone on his crew a, a role, and it just seems like he does have a positive leadership style. And that's, to me, probably the only reason they don't fully mutiny him like right away even though they (laughs) discuss doing so is that he finds a way to involve everybody and make their opinions part of the process I think of what makes this so funny is that in this day and age, that management style isn't new. We think of the importance of treating people well, and let's talk it through, and let's not keep it deep down inside. At least we hear that in education a lot. And what I find funny, and the visionary in me thinks about in the past, that wasn't the way things were done. And now here we are it seems funny because it's so obvious. And it makes me wonder, what are we doing now in our systems that will be considered old hat? That's still like against the grain of what the Mm. typical way of thinking or how you operate either through management or through organizational theory. And so I'm interested to know decades down the road, what is something that is new hat right now that will be something we just don't even think twice about anymore? And I know, Jenny, you've talked about it on a previous episode, but with organizational trauma, getting people Mm -hmm. to move forward with things, the begrudging way the crew responds, it takes time for that new new management Mm -hmm. style to really take root. And Steed goes about it the right way and making it memorable, making it sweet, and really trying to get it to sink into his new crew. Love that. Well, along those lines, another one of those little pain points or misunderstandings that happen with the new leadership happens in, what is this, the second episode when the ship is inadvertently run aground and Steed tells his crew that while they're trying to unstick it from the sandbar that they (laughs) should take a vacation. So one of the connections that I make to this is I'm taking it out of the vacation context, but let's say your staff is used to sit and get professional learning. And you instantly try to, without scaffolding, say, okay, guess what? We're doing choice-based professional learning where you get to pick what you would like to work on. And sometimes those staff members who are used to in that sequence of just tell me what to do, just tell me what to do, 
they feel so out of sorts that they need more scaffolding, just like our students need scaffolding when it comes to their learning in order to be ready. I'm often reminded of that moment as Steve tries to get the crew to relax. Like, how do we get (laughs) staff members feeling like they can be safe enough to learn and pursue their passions and pursue what's going to help them become better practitioners. I like that. I think mine might be a little bit on the nose, but I'm just going to roll with it anyways. I was thinking about how awkward it can be when somebody is telling you to engage in self-care. So I'm thinking about the self-care episode and showmanship involved with the self-care circus as we put it in in our earlier episode, but just how hard it is to make your self-care authentic when it's prescriptive. That speaks for itself in a way because there's nothing authentic about it. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to do it. And if they were to choose their own pursuits, they might not choose them in that own way. Pretty sure only the guy who likes to blow stuff up is happy about that vacation. And everybody else is like, what? And it's because Steed is being prescriptive about it. He's telling them, this is what you're going to do and this is when you're going to do it. And Yeah, they need some scaffolding for sure, Casey. You're absolutely right there. But I also just think it's a bit of, they know how to have fun. They look like they're having fun a lot. They just don't know to do it in that time and place. Yeah. I'll give you guys an example of when Casey and Emily are talking about what this looks like. It made me instantly think of blended learning, whether that's with modeling it for professional learning with our adult leaders and our adult educators, or even in the classroom with students. The seven stages of student grief that most of our learners come to this as It takes time to move through those stages of grief, of trying out new learning in a new way is uncomfortable. So Casey, as you're talking about how uncomfortable that might be for them because they don't understand vacation, they're going to go through some of those stages of grief to get there. But if you are steadfast in your belief that this is what can help and will be the right course for your learners, helping them understand those stages that they're moving towards to get to the type of learning that you're hoping for them to eventually get to. Absolutely. So the next one that we're going to look at is another quote. To give some context here, this is after a hostage has been taken by Captain Bonnet and his crew, and he goes into an area that's very populated by lots of different pirates and pirate crews and starts immediately trying to get somebody to buy the hostage off of him. And so he's walking through town going, man for sale, someone buy my booty, and just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, the hilarity is present. I had a thought immediately at that one, and I think of this from the angle of like what I like to do with personality typing and learning how to speak someone else's language. This is an example of someone who doesn't know how to speak the language (laughs) of the people he's trying to reach. Obvious puns notwithstanding, he also doesn't know how to engage pirates at all. And it's because he's trying to come at this as the gentleman pirate and he plays up the gentleman but doesn't lean as far into the pirate as he needs to to be able to speak that love language or communication style of the audience that he's trying to engage. Well, it's not just in language too. Like in that same scene, they go to town dressed head to toe in white. Like this is the <laughs> yeah. Caribbean. It's so it's dirty. Like, <laughs> and and his, his second in command just so happens to get as part of a brawl blood on him. And he's like, you couldn't step to the side to your point, Emily. I also felt the same way, except I'm taking it from the leadership perspective. When it comes to leading adults, we do stress that it's okay to admit 
that you don't know something. And it is far better to say, I don't know at this moment the best way to handle this, but I want to learn and I want to be alongside you as you figure it out versus putting yourself as a leader in a situation that you are completely unequipped and unprepared to do period. And that's really what Steed is trying to do here. He's trying to offload this hostage for money as a pirate. And he is just completely unaware and clueless. And that's where the humor comes from by me booty. Oh my God. It just makes me laugh so (laughs) so hard. And where that comes into our sphere of influence is just thinking about this makes me think of our pro tip of design thinking loop. Start with empathy. Know who your audience is. Really do that down and dirty research and know your people so that you can be the most effective in your processes to achieve the goal that you're aiming for. Yes. And don't wear white when you're doing your down and dirty research. (laughs) Yeah, right. All right. So the next one we're going to do is now we're going to focus on a few characters and we're going to start with a cameo role by the amazing Leslie Jones playing a pirate captain called Spanish Jackie. I was able to connect with this one right away too. I got a, a right off the hook, was thinking about leadership through fear. So I think Spanish Jackie has this like it's so gross. She has like a collection of noses. Wait, it's noses, right? Not ears. Yes, it is noses. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Cartilage. <laughs> she, she is cutting noses off people and she keeps them and shows them Ugh. to people. She has all these husbands. The one you meet is like played by Fred Armisen. He seems terrified of her. And leadership through fear is a different way of presenting a leadership style. Not usually as effective. And I know it definitely takes them some getting used to Steed's style of doing things, but it presents a really interesting foil for how he does things versus how things can be done when they're done the traditional top-down or intimidation way of doing things. Her unquestioning authority, like you do not question Spanish Jackie. Mine is a little, no pun intended, on the nose, but I also went right for the (laughs) nose jar. There are certain teachers who they have stakes in the ground. Like you do not take their central desk away. You do not change or ask them to change certain elements of their instruction and really unpacking what that is with that teacher as you're starting to initiate change. For Jackie, she's shouting, where's my nose jar? Like she needs that with her. And that comes from just the security of knowing the consistency. (laughs) We as educators for our students too have to have routines in place and we can't cannot completely change everything. So Spanish Jackie needs her nose jar, just like our veteran teachers need their stake in the ground. Not to say they can't change or are equivalent to Spanish Jackie. It's just that's what they need in order to feel secure as educators. Well, I am going to take creative license here because Alas, I don't know if I have my own connection here because yet I have not met her. However, I have a question for the both of you. I've got to know, just the previous Spanish teacher in me, why is she Spanish Jackie? I don't think they make it clear whatsoever in the show. (laughs) And again, I haven't seen the full season either. I've seen a lot of it, Mm -hmm. but 
I haven't seen her speak Spanish, and she makes no references to Spain. So I think Spanish Jackie is another historical pirate, though. Yes. Okay. Yes, she is. Is most likely based on a female pirate from the uh, day Googling. when this is taking place. Yeah, I am Googling. Yeah. And the Spanish Navy of the time was super powerful. And really the subject of a lot of piracy, Spanish treasure ships in general yeah, in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do know that they took a lot of creative license. None of these pirates were necessarily active at the same time as each other, the ones that were based in history. I think they were just having fun touching on real characters with that. Yeah, they don't have to follow rules, and neither did I. It makes it more fun and entertaining if you don't. Nose jar. Moving on. All right. So another character is just a member of Steed's crew, a crew member named Black Pete, who often has a lot to say. So let's talk about him. A lot to say. This is one that stands out to me in my first go at watching this. He's the one that he's really encouraging the mutiny. Right off the bat, he's like, I should have had 20 kills by now. And he's very skeptical about the work that they're doing as pirates under the leadership of Bonnet. And he wants to be the new captain. Again, back to the personality types. You have those skeptic-minded people, those people that you're trying to bring along with you when you're either forming a team or you're trying to lead. And so understanding that you're always going to have that person in the dynamics of groups of people that you work with and to approach that less with frustration and more that this is normal to have skeptics on the team, right? Hey, oh, Emily, they actually make your team stronger. You just have to be able to reach them and talk to them in such a way that's going to help them come to that group, not group think, but group mentality and cooperation. In this case, I felt like Black Pete was reminiscent of those personality types we work with. I like that, especially because, you know, you speak to the value of skeptics and hey, you know. (laughs) Similar to what you were saying, Jenny, when you have a member of a team, but sometimes this team member is brand new. So they'll often say, well, in my previous role or in my district, we used to do this. In my district, we used to do this. So as a leader, finding ways to help coach that person and to take their ideas and to view them as a way to refresh, but also be able to have a conversation about, this is what we do here. That's a really great idea. How can we blend it into what we know our students need? Those people can sometimes be, like you were saying, Jenny, part of a difficult crowd to work with, especially as you're onboarding new staff. So knowing how to help support and coach those people is really important for leaders. Yeah, and super valuable. Although not easy, sometimes those people that challenge get new innovative thinking into that group. At the risk of sharing a little more spoilers or getting further into the episodes of season one of Our Flag Means Death, you can actually see what happens with Black Pete when he does learn how to relate to somebody else and starts to soften his touch a little bit. So he actually connects with Lucius on the crew. Yes, I forgot about that. What is so exciting about that is he's just been this person who's talking a big game, who's not even necessarily telling the truth and is so skeptical to everything, but lo and behold, Lucius learns how to talk to him and relate to him and make a connection with him, and it shows that everybody, no matter how skeptical or difficult they can be to start out with, if you work to build a relationship, you can reach them or someone can, maybe it's not going to be the captain, but maybe there's a different member of the team. Maybe it's not going to be the teacher, but it might be another student in your class, or it might be the co-teacher. But the fact that building relationships, not just from the top down, but with everybody parallel within a system too, is really important to be able to help people 
be dynamic characters like Black Pete and be capable of changing. It's actually kind of a nice representation of how people are capable of changing in the right situation, in the right relationship. Speaking of change and the right relationship, that leads us into our next connection. Yee, heart eyes. So the next one, uh, <laughs> we are involving the character of Blackbeard that we mentioned previously. In this, Steed and Ed and the aforementioned Lucius decide to go on a treasure hunt. So what are some of the connections we come up with in that little sequence? Well, just some more context. Edward Teach, a.k.a. Blackbeard, is having a rough couple of days. He's struggling with this new, seemingly tamed pirate persona. He enlists Steve's help to try to re-socialize and rebrand his image as this intense pirate. And so Steed gets the sense for he needs to infuse a little bit of adventure into their life by going on a treasure hunt that Ed really is begrudgingly not wanting to do. So my connection actually occurs in the latter part of that conversation where the two of them are at a location and talking about opening up a restaurant and they both feed off of each other's ideas like maybe I don't want you at my restaurant. Well, maybe you won't come to my restaurant. And a couple of things that I find really tender and beautiful about this moment is number one, in a previous episode, we've talked about the power of storytelling and the whole way the two of them are able to connect with each other as they're telling the story of how Ed will not let Steed into his restaurant because he's going to give him a bad review is where you can really start to see the two of them connect with one another. And we've said on here in the past, it's important for us as educators to get to know our students' stories. And you could just see so much about their personalities through that little sequence where they're bickering. Ed finally starts to appreciate the treasure hunt that Steve took him on with Lucius's help. Well, thank you for that background, because I did watch the little, for listeners, I had to watch a little link on this one. I had not gotten that part in the link, but it explains a little bit of what my connection was going to be. Now, early on in that scene where Bonnet says to his crew, hey, everybody, I invested something in this treasure map. And his sidekick was like, yeah, a lot of money, like a lot to pirates. He's a stately man who's very wealthy. And these pirates are just kind of like, why would you ever invest that for this experience? And it makes me just think of, I understand that in public education and with the budgets that we have, that it's hard to invest money in sometimes the experience of what our adults might need. However, if you can find it in your budget to create experiences that are going to allow for some of the connections Casey's talking about in the end, it will be worth it. You just got to trust the process. You have to be wise with those budgetary decisions. However, that investment is important. Those are great. I'm going to look at it through a really different lens because of the three of us, I still have a classroom role. So I immediately thought of just how difficult it is to authentically connect to your students' interests. The older we get, so yeah, I'm 40 years old and I'm trying to make connections and work with students who are 17, 18 years old. And they always say, as if it's an easy thing to do, connect to the things your students are interested in and find out what they're authentically interested in and infuse it in their learning. But I think it can be a little bit clunky if you haven't taken the time to invest in just general positive connection and you just jump right into, oh, well, I'm assuming you're interested in this because you're a teenager. So let's talk about euphoria. Like, no, let's just, maybe we should 
talk a little bit more about who we are as people or just let relationships grow a little bit more slowly before we try to assume what somebody else would like and how to make it a part of their learning. It does come off awkward at first because Steed is trying to get this sense of adventure and Ed is just like, oh, this is stupid and I don't <laughs> I don't look like a pirate. I don't want anybody to see me doing this. He's like embarrassed for himself, but he's also embarrassed for Steed. And it's like the connection eventually happens, but it happens with that more authentic banter, like Casey mentioned, not with this prearranged experience based in what he perceives he should be interested in based on surface knowledge. Like mm-hmm. relationships are not forged fraudulently through inauthentic mm-hmm. interaction. It takes the authentic, real connection that takes time and one-on-one in order to really achieve. And to tie a bow on it, it's not even to say in the investment that I talked about that it'd be a lot of money, but you have to invest. Time is money. Yep. Investing the time that you need to allow for those authentic connections to form. Perfect. All right, so that pretty much sums up the connection. So now we are on to game time. Want to break this down, Casey? Yes, all's fair in love and war, Emily. I have (laughs) revamped my words. So if you recall in last episode, the Lizzo-themed episode, if you haven't listened, Emily, (laughs) uh, to be perfectly frank, screwed me on some lyrics. And so this time... that game, V. I did, but it was just mean and torturous. (laughs) So she is our active player for a game we're going to bring back. This one, we are pirate-theming our game just one. So Emily will have to guess one of the five pirate words I have selected for her. Jenny and I are going to do our best to help her guess. And I will not throw the game because I am not that mean like some people. And (laughs) I will be Switzerland. Yep. (laughs) So we will do our best to get you to guess these incredibly challenging pirate nautical themed words. I'll do my best scallywags. Yes. Going to the green room. (laughs) We're going to the green room. The first word I'm going to try to get her to guess is mutiny okay i got it do you have it i do so i had rebellion i have a backstab oh you were she's totally gonna get this she was totally gonna get it it. so easy come back from green yeah waving how how so i could see you waving (laughs) how was the pickled herring and oranges that we had in the sea shanty themed You know, I was hoping to drink something out of a coconut, not going to lie, but, you know, I feel this like I'm, that I'm going to get scurvy, so I'm happy about that. Nice. <laughs> okay. So are you ready? Yeah. Your words. I'm that one of these you guys are going to match and I'll have no words. So I know. That's what I was secretly I trying to do hoping this time, for. but Jenny did you a I'm solid. Switzerland. I'm Switzerland. Yes. So first word is rebellion. And backstab. Mutiny. Yay, you are Way correct. <laughs> Next, Emily, pick between numbers two to five. Four. Okay, go away. Right. Okay, our word is anchor. On this one, should we try and get the same word, you and I? Yeah, yeah. Authentically try, but yes, okay, so authentically anchor? try, yes. Okay. I really don't know what you're going to pick. I know. I don't either. We should have done this one for the other one intentionally. I know. Okay. I think I got one. Okay. I don't think we're going to match. No. But that's fine. So I said set. Ooh, that's good, but I didn't put that one. I hope this is correct. Is it made of iron? My word is iron. Perfect. No, this is good. 
Well, at least I found the coconut drinks. Oh, good. <laughs> it's amazing what craft services will leave you. So word number one is set. And iron. The suspense is killing me. Payback. I love every moment. I'm less competitive, though, so I don't think it's going to bother me. <laughs> I'm like, all I can think of is the ironing shirts, so this isn't going to work. I don't know. Should I just say something random or what? Something piratey. That's a word. I was about to shout seagull just to be a jerk. Make a guess. Set an iron? I don't know. Brig. No, but somewhat close because a brig kind yeah. of is a ship. Anchor. Nope. I wouldn't have So an anchor, a ship anchor, yeah, typically made of iron. And when you set anchor, you put your anchor down. Gotcha. Yeah. Those words weren't even connecting to each other in any way whatsoever. (laughs) Casey gets redemption. Yep. Enjoy that. Yes. (laughs) What does she win, Veach? She wins a closet full of the most expensive gentleman garb clothing and a whole bunch of old books. Ooh, and the silk robe. <laughs> yes. Throwing a fancy hat and you got it. <laughs> All right. I will take it. And that's it for another GLG mini-sode, Six Degrees of Education. A sincere thank you for joining us on this journey as we continue to advocate for adult learners and aim to contribute to this community with genuine conversations about education, leadership, and topics that matter to you. If you'd like to connect, you can find us on our website, thegroundedlearnersguild.com, and on Twitter, at GroundedLGuild, at CVeacher, at TechCoachM, and at Jenny Labrie, using the hashtag GLGPodChat. As usual, feedback is a powerful tool that allows us to be responsive to the topics that matter to you most. If you haven't yet already, or are finding us for the first time, how about leaving us a review? It helps us to improve our work allows us to bring you quality and customized content and assist others in finding our guild as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream. That way, you'll be notified with a reminder when our newest episodes drop. Thanks again for joining us, Casey, Emily, and me, Jenny, on this mini-sode of the Grounded Learners Guild. See you at the next guild meeting. And even though it's summer, do your best to stay grounded.